if someone makes you feel like shit, you don't owe them anything. And trying to make that person feel good is probably not going to help anybody. couple of things. First, this is an experiment. This episode is an experiment. It is a mosaic episode. So I reached out to my men that I work with and I asked them three questions and they very generously submitted their answers. So you're going to hear a bunch of different men's answers to the same three questions and I just wanted to put those out there. The first one was, what's a major lesson you learned in your last relationship? The second was, What is a sexual obstacle or hurdle that you've had to navigate and how have you done that? And the third one was, why do you choose to do consciousness work? And my intention with this was to give you a sense of what other men's issues are, what they're going through, and ultimately to have any of you that are listening to feel a little bit less alone, to have have you feel seen in some way by their answers. So if you do feel seen, if you feel connected, if you feel something and you want to let me know and I can pass that along to one of the men, you can always get me at dearmenpodcast at gmail.com. I know that would mean a lot to the guys who shared. So if there is something that resonates or some way you see yourself reflected in these shares, please do reach out and let us know. What's a major lesson you learned in your last relationship? I think the biggest lesson is that you shouldn't settle. Like I, I settled for this girl that I was engaged to and I really thought she was everything I was supposed to marry. She was Christian. My mom loved her. Um, she had a strong work ethic, res- lived responsibly. And yeah, she was, she was beautiful, but it was very hollow. Like the relationship we had, just didn't feel good. It felt, I didn't feel like I was alive. I didn't, I felt like it was very taxing to be with her. And then coming out of that engagement, I started dating these awesome girls that made me feel excited. You know, we shared like the same humor. And I think when the burden of life kind of like beats you around, you know, with going to work and stuff, you want to come home to someone that makes you feel um, just playful uh, humor, humor, just every time we, you know, laughing, cooking, engaging in activities that we enjoy doing. Um, I realized I was missing a lot from the the previous relationship. Like there's some awesome girls out there and there's really good relationships that we can all be in. Um, so yeah, we should not settle. We should really go after things that make us feel alive and excited. Uh, next question is, what's a sexual challenge that you've had or have, and how have you overcome it? So in high school, I had my first sexual experience, and it was pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> she was, man, she was so mean. Um, just that I 
you know, we did our thing. We were sexual. I, I showed my junk off and yeah, she made criticisms about how it was kind of, you know, not as big and I was uncircumcised and basically my dick was ugly to her. And every time we were sexual, sexual with each other, she would kind of like bring me down a little bit. And it gave me this complex where I was like, I didn't want to be with girls. Like I didn't want to like show my penis. If this is the experience I'm going to get. Um, so, okay. High school, that relationship ended. I went to college and I, I was in my head a lot, you know, just scared of showing my, my cock and how it looked. And so I decided to enroll in things like psychology of human sexuality and, I took human anatomy because I was just into the science and both professors were female and they got to the penis part and we're talking about how, you know, in America, you know, people are generally circumcised and how it's more clean and healthy. And that didn't feel good for me because as someone that's uncircumcised, I felt like I was not clean and I was not normal. <laughs> And that gave me a more complex, like, great. Now the academic community thinks that my cock is ugly and not good enough. <laughs> wow. So I was, I, I want to, I want to go see a therapist, <laughs> talk about my dick, about my, you know, my experiences. And then that guy was like really not helpful. Um, cause I basically just wanted someone to just yell at me, dude, you're normal. You're okay, bro. Like just keep going. Don't fucking be with these people. And then, but I didn't get that anyways, but until I leaned into like my friendships, like I met other dudes that were, I was friends with and I just opened up with them. Like, I was just like, fuck it, man. Like I just want to feel accepted. So I just told him like my struggles and like, even one of my guy friends was like, dude, my dick's uncut. I I'm okay. Like I haven't had that experience. You're going to find girls that are going to love your dick and you're, you're going to be fine. And I was like, that felt great. But the next part, uh, yeah, I, I leaned into like other girls that were also good friends of mine and they also made me feel more secure. They shared with me how not every girl is going to judge my dick like my previous relationship and how some girls do care. And I guess in a way it's like, fine, you know, we should all go after what we want. Some girls like dicks a certain way, but ultimately I'm going to have to meet a girl that is going to love my dick for what it looks like. And that was kind of a struggle until I entered my next sexual experience. And I had a front basically how my dick looked like, you know, before we got sexual and I was amazed that women were more empathetic to it. They're like, Oh, don't worry about it. Like, yeah, that's, that's fine. And that felt reassuring to know that there's nothing wrong with my dick. Um, you know, and even if I didn't believe them with their words, I knew the way that they, by the way they pleasured me that I was okay. And I was able to feel more relaxed and, and, uh, accepted by the feminine and, uh, that, that really felt good. And <laughs> I had this, I think, oh man, this, this girl I dated, I thought it was really funny how I was with her and 
we were having great sex for like a year. And then all of a sudden forgot what she was reading something. And she just blurted out like, Oh my gosh, like I hate uncircumcised dicks. And I'm like, babe, (laughs) really? Like, you know that I'm uncircumcised. Like you're really going to criticize me now. And she had like this aha moment. Like, really? Like, I didn't know that's what that was. Oh yeah. It's a bunch of bullshit. (laughs) Like, she was just confessing how like somewhere in in her girl group, like people were just talking about how uncut cocks were ugly and not desirable. And so, yeah, it was kind of cool to have that conversation, that full circle of like, yeah, like just because you were told something doesn't make it true. And anyways, I I'm in a much better place and, I feel pretty good about my cock right now. So thanks to those women that have helped me. Uh, next question. Why do you choose to do conscious work? Um, I choose to do consciousness because I want to build awareness around my life. I feel the people that I look up to are very wise and they do a lot of self growth practices And I want to get there too, because I want to show up for my relationships. I want to show up for myself. And the only way to do that is just by doing the work. Like we all have blind spots. We all have things we don't see. And I don't want to be in my ego where I think like I know it all because that's just not going to open up opportunities to connect with hot girls or, or just, people that I I work with. I really want to just live my best life. And by doing that, I have to do the work. I have to do uncomfortable things to grow and be like the second version of myself, the third version of myself. It's just the work is hard, but ultimately it's where I want to be. So I can feel more fulfilling in, in everything, my relationships and my own life. Thank you. The major lesson I learned in my last relationship is how to stand up for myself and how to argue in a fair way, but also not backing down and being able to hold my position, even if it made both of us uncomfortable. And uh, the second question, what's the sexual challenge I've had or have? I'm currently unable to be aroused by real-life women, and I um, know that to be a, a combination of issues. But what I'm doing to fix that is going to a therapist who specializes in sexual issues, and I'm also just reducing my porn consumption that um I've been single for a long time and alone for a long time, so that's been my default. And so I'm trying to retrain my brain away from that. And why do I choose to do consciousness work? It's, uh, it, yeah, it's hard work, but I do it because I want to set my own terms of what it means to be a man, what it means to be masculine. Uh, I'm a very sensitive person, and so for my whole life, that's been diminished as a value of a man. And conscious work allows me to recognize the value in that and to reduce the shame that I've, I've accrued because of that. And I'm also doing the work because it allows, forces me 
to push myself in areas that I've always really kind of avoided. The best example being leading in a relationship. I've always kind of defaulted to, you know, the old cliche, happy wife, happy life, and um, didn't work. I, my marriage didn't last. And, um, you know, we were ended up being friends. And in looking back on it, I realized a lot of my behavior was really just deferring to what she wanted and really letting the um, polarity just wane. And I know I need to improve that. And I want to bring that into my next relationship. A major lesson I learned in my last relationship. Um, my last relationship was fairly short, uh, but very healthy, probably the healthiest I've ever been in. Um, in terms of me being, you know, a real man leading and showing up, uh, you know, how I've, um, been, been trying to lately. Um, but I guess the biggest thing that I took from that was I am, I guess, um, into a more kink than I thought. Um, her and I were able to have a very open sexual relationship and, um, yeah, uh, there's a, there's a vast frontier that I'm looking to explore. Um, a sexual challenge I have and how I overcome it. Um, I struggle with premature ejaculation and, um, how I overcome it is just kind of by not focusing on it. Um, just enjoying all of the aspects of the sexual encounter and, you know, it doesn't have to always end with either me or my partner, um, coming. So, um, that's, you know, I maybe just being more relaxed in, in that, but, um, yeah, it's just more about, you know, the whole experience. I, personally just enjoy being aroused with a with a partner and focusing you know maybe even more so on her pleasure but um knowing that uh it's if i do want that it it's you know <laughs> kind of an inevitability um and uh why I choose to do consciousness work is because, um, I'm tired of, you know, not having what I feel like is control in my life. Um, always having, you know, been worried about my parents or what they thought or, or you know, just outside, um, really finding myself as, is what I need. And that's what this stuff is giving me. Major lesson I learned in my last relationship is to continually check in with my partner in terms of what they're available for. And if that aligns with what I'm available for and, and what I'm, what I'm desiring in regards to the relationship. Um, 
I got into my last relationship. Disregarding probably some obvious red flags in terms of where she was coming from, her previous relationship, pretty pretty recently. Um, and so I didn't consider those as red flags because I was so excited about pursuing this woman and wanted to create something with it. And I let the, I didn't consider those red flags enough in terms of, you know, what she might be available for and if that aligned with what I wanted. So the lesson in this case is really just kind of checking in with myself and what I want and really considering like, is this woman available for what I'm desiring? A sexual challenge that I've had um, pretty much ever since I've been sexually active and a young teen is around uh, anxiety around premature ejaculation. Um, And, you know, just getting, just feeling tight and anxious in my groin uh, when um, physically intimate with a woman and sometimes even just while like flirting on a date. Um, just kind of feeling a buildup of energy there and uh, just kind of getting that blue balls sensations. And it's still, it's, it's, it's been a process uh, of working through it and um, still not at a place where I feel entirely comfortable with myself. Um, this anxiety around ejac- ejaculation has um, led to pretty unexciting sexual experiences because I'm generally in my head or feeling anxious about it. Um, and, and yeah, and so I've been working on redefining, you know, um, what physical intimacy and se- my sexual experiences look like. Um, and, trying to remove the pressure of like, you know, my sexual performance when it comes to ejaculating or not. Um, and it's honestly a work in progress. It's not something that's has changed or it's going to change overnight. So, um, it's definitely something I'm still working with. And, uh, it's, I choose to do consciousness work because for so long, in my life, I feel like I've just kind of gone with the flow of life um, and not necessarily feeling like I'm behind the, like I'm behind the wheel of my life. Kind of like, I'm just kind of like riding along, just going along with it. And with that comes a sense of low energy and uh, lacking of fulfillment and excitement and a feeling of, being alive in life. And so I do this kind of consciousness work because it helps, it helps me connect with myself and to, and, and, and everything that that comes from that, you know, being more in touch with my emotions and my sensations and my body. And, um, it makes for such a much more richer and exciting experience, um, of life you know, when I'm able to be more connected and grounded to the present moment, 
um, versus being in my head or thinking about the future. Consciousness work has been a real pillar in allowing me to feel more in my body and to be more present in life um, and just feel more engaged and excited um, about everything that life uh, brings to me. So I, no, I, and I've found that, you know, my life has significantly changed since I've started to do consciousness work. So um, I'm so glad that I've started getting into it and I can't really see a life that doesn't involve it. What's a major lesson I learned in my last relationship? So many, uh, so many that I have not fully integrated them all. If someone makes you feel like shit, you don't owe them anything. And trying to make that person feel good is probably not going to help anybody. Uh, there's very little support around for men who are in relationships being abused by women. It's much easier to find a pet grief support group than it is a support group for men who are be being abused. So if that's you, you have to get a little bit creative. When it's time to leave, do it. It's really hard. It may be the hardest thing you've ever done, but you have to leave. The longer you wait, the harder it gets. There's never going to be a good time. Make sure the people you trust are trustworthy. If you're anything like me, you don't always have the best judgment or instincts for that. Just because the last person you were in a relationship with was awful to you does not mean that the next person you get in a relationship with is the one. Uh, that person might just be an improvement. We fall in love with people for all kinds of reasons. One of those is that they help us discover hidden facets of ourselves, new ways that we can shine. And those are ours to explore with or without those people. They didn't give you that. And if they leave or they hurt you, they can't take it away. You can't hurry grief. Uh, it will not happen on the timetable that you want or that you plan for. You will want to rush it. And maybe you can, but I can't. And I would be careful about that. What are sexual challenges that I've had? I'm a sexual sadist. I've been repressed and kinky my whole life, or at least for as long as I can remember, which made things difficult. Uh, my mom did figure that out and did not want her son to grow up to be a weird pervert. So I found myself in counseling. I found myself taking handfuls of antidepressant medications when I was a teenager, including some that are not prescribed to teenagers anymore, because it turns out that was a bad idea. And that affected my libido and my physical appearance and my performance to the point where I've also had sexual performance anxiety my whole life. I don't pursue often. Uh, I tend to wait for women to approach me, which means that I tend to end up with intense women sometimes who won't take no for an answer, who are not always the safest people 
to be in relationships with. And that's put me in a lot of precarious situations. Uh, I'm cerebral. I spend a lot of time in my head. Uh, I am not as easily in my body. There's a Richard Lewis joke. Uh, I like to fantasize during sex. I pretend that I'm someone else. I do that. Uh, I have low self-esteem, but I have a great imagination. So I have a vivid fantasy life, but I'm not always part of it. And in general, I have trouble owning my own sexuality. And that's something I'm working on. Uh, I won't say that I've solved it, but finding supportive people is really key. Exploring your sexuality is not something you can do entirely on your own. So being able to talk about it and being able to hear and perceive other people's experience is really good. And the kind of work that Mel is doing is just wonderful. I think there are more good containers being developed, more work is being done. I'm glad to be alive at a time when we can explore those things with a little bit more confidence and less trepidation and less of a social stigma. Why do I do consciousness work? Uh, I live in a large, intimidating city that can be hard to navigate socially unless you're willing to join a few cults. I've always been interested in personal growth uh, since I was a kid. I'm a writer, and I like to think of myself as an artist. I think getting to better know the more gnarly parts of my own psyche is part of finding the juice in life uh, that I can apply to my work. I want to be surprised by life, by the world, by the people in it. And I find that I meet the best people doing consciousness work hands down. Uh, not all of them. They're wonderful people everywhere. But just as a thought experiment, I like to take responsibility for my own life as much as I can. And I like to meet other people that are willing to do that and willing to work on themselves and willing to grow and expand. Uh, I've had some big breakthrough experiences. I don't have them every time, but I've also found some compassionate, creative, intelligent, loving people who are a pleasure to hang out with between the breakthroughs. And consciousness work is hot. It's sexy. Uh, it takes courage. It takes appreciation for vulnerability and the willingness to own your own power and strength. And that's something I always want more of in my life. The biggest lesson I've learned and learning is um, to connect, learning how to connect. Um, and I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to be um, all those things that I thought I had to be. All I need to do is attune to what my wife wants and needs and just be with her and be present with her. I don't have to fix anything or anything like that. I just need to be able to attune. Um Number two, what's a sexual challenge you've had or have? Um, I was a porn addict for 40-plus years, um, and that addiction totally destroyed any type of connection I had to emotions and feelings and um, 
understanding. So uh, being in a relationship with my wife, we just didn't connect emotionally because I couldn't. I didn't know how. Um, it's been hell. I've been in it for five years trying to recover and getting there. Um, I'm able more, more so, more easily to uh, connect with my emotions and recognize my emotions and then being able to um, build my masculinity and, and learn. It's been work. Not easy, but it's been work. But that's that's my biggest challenge I've had over my life. Um, why do you choose to do conscious work, consciousness work? My my thing is getting out of my head into my body. Um, with my addiction, I was in my head all the time, uh, trying to uh, come up with the next move or the next lie or the next deceit or the next um, manipulation. Um, conscious consciousness. Uh, for me is getting into my body and getting into my emotions and getting into my feels um, and connecting to my being. And by doing that, I'm able to connect more with, with the world and with my, with my wife. And um, it just doing the consciousness work has been a natural progression from where I was um, in my head to where I'm going um, to be more a more holistic, a more a more um, impassioned, a more whole man, and that's what I'm that's what I'm going for. Um, a lot to learn, a lot to do. Um, and I'm finding new and amazing things to connect with my wife. It's been such a such a, a magical journey, but um, it's been work. But we're getting there. Anyway, I hope that helps, Melanie. Uh, give me a holler if it doesn't, and I can record again. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Bye. I choose to do consciousness work because I want to improve as a human being. I would like to become a fully integrated conscious human being who understands myself and what makes other people unique in their own ways. Given their intricacies, their complexities, their perplexity at times. I would say that in this world, uh, instant gratification is something that is widely pursued by a lot of people in society to the point that some of those people become blind to how they even guide their life. And by engaging in this retreat i i feel like i have become more conscious as a human being but it's up to me to keep on practicing and keep on persisting into being more conscious as a human being i would say that involves a ton of awareness on the body i would say being diligent in regards to what my activities are for the day and acknowledging feelings as they come, whether it's myself or others and being okay with those feelings, no matter how extreme they can get. I think that stillness is an important part of consciousness work that I have yet to master, but still I would say that it's a really crucial, important step into 
accomplishing that goal of being conscious. I learned in my last relationship was the value of connecting uh, authentically with emphasis and a following uh, and being true to my own uh, feelings in the relationship and my own values um, as well. Uh, I, in that relationship, followed one of those pickup artists um, and essentially it turned out to be a relationship that was really me following a protocol or a way of being and so it led to a lot of inflexibility around conflict and ignoring conflict and pushing it really under the rug um, whereas in those moments it would have been extremely helpful to notice how I was feeling being vulnerable about that and sharing that to lead that conflict to a resolution um, and really lead the relationship in the direction that I wanted to. So again, that's just really a value and importance of what I'm feeling in the relationship and how our interactions, how I'm feeling around those and using that to guide where the relationship is going. Um, a sexual challenge that I had um, to overcome was really just being comfortable in my own skin um, and being comfortable with expressing that sexuality, um, something I still work on. Um, and then also the reason why we choose to do conscious work is that being unconscious in relationship, not following my values, not following my vulnerabilities or feelings, just doesn't lead to a very fulfilling relationship. It's not intimate, it's not connected. And one of the most important things to me in my life is to have that connection and intimacy in relationship. Well, one thing I learned was that my limiting beliefs were making me always compare my efforts unfavorably to my partner's efforts. And so I didn't really think that I had what it took to do any leading in my relationship. When really she would have been happier, at least less resentful with some effort as opposed to no effort. One of our challenges that's ongoing is communication. I finally realized it's difficult for both of us. I only really saw my own problems getting in the way of being successful at initiating sex, you know, and not feeling rejected and deflated when the answer was no. Probably the biggest breakthrough I had was learning that she doesn't experience spontaneous arousal like I do. It made a lot of experiences suddenly make sense. Because I was thinking she just never wanted it, or I was fucking it all up and slowly killing off that desire, or, you know, some sexual doomsday clock was set in motion after we decided to stop having kids. I chose consciousness work because I thought if my thinking patterns got me into this mess, I had to be able to think my way out of it, or that I would get some insights into my reality that weren't ever going to be obvious to me. What's a major lesson you learned in your last relationship? A major lesson I learned was the value of being able to communicate wants and needs in a authentic way as accurately in the moment as they come up as possible and also to be able to receive my woman in her expression of wants and needs as they came up and to be able to hold space for them in the moment without wanting things to be any different. Um, this was something that really just changed the game for me in the last relationship I was in. Being able to identify, A, the initial attraction that I had towards her just led to an opening of doors that 
you know, led us to connect. And then also to sort of set a container around what I was looking for at that time, you know, like a committed relationship with something that I hadn't been in a while. And I was able to just call that, um, then on the back end, when we disengaged, being able to identify the things that weren't working was also new. And that was a little bit more challenging. I, I think maybe being a little more punctual in that area is something I would like to continue to practice. Um, but still led to a much more graceful disengagement than I've experienced in the past. And being able to meet her where she was at and listen and honor what was coming up for her. So a lot of groove, a lot of, lot of improvement there around communication and authenticity. Number two, what's a sexual challenge you've had or have and how you've overcome it? A sexual challenge I had was for a long time engaging with women, with the feminine in general, um, primarily on a sexual level and then creating distance in terms of intimacy. And for the first half of my life, as I grew into sexual maturity, I generally would just like drink and hook up, but then would avoid any type of real emotional intimacy. Um, there were many ways that I did that. One of them being pornography. So really getting the root of that as a numbing agent and something that I also use to objectify women, um, got to, you know, really, really get down to the core of some of what was happening there. And in order to resolve that, it took a ton of accountability, uh, a ton of processing work, connecting with people who were struggling with the same thing in groups and, um, yeah, just setting some framework in my life around what it is that I want and what I'm looking for in a healthy way. And, um, also just kind of like setting a set of ethical grounds that work for me in terms of that realm. Um, and it's really changed the way that I engage with the feminine and my capacity to be present, which segues into three. Why do I choose to do consciousness work? And that is because I choose to be more present, more conscious in my relationship with others. Um, I think that all of life really comes down to relationships. And in relationship to myself, I have had a desire to heal and help others heal for a very long time. And it wasn't until I really started doing this work and healing some of the roots and getting to the core of what it was that was causing me to avoid presence and to avoid being conscious that I was able to resolve them and subsequently be more conscious for others. And that's really my purpose, you know, like it all comes down to that word, like in order to heal and help others heal through expression, it takes being conscious. It takes being present. It takes being aware. And it starts with self, but then I think as we're able to do that, we're able to better show up for others, better able to see them, better able to witness, better able to hold space. And I believe that all of these things, these tools lead to healing, healing in relationship to self and other and how we connect with the world, with those we love, with friends, family. Um, yeah, so the desire to heal through authentic expression and conscious connection 
is why I choose to do this work and what will keep me coming back and continuing to show up. Thanks for the opportunity, Mel. Hey, Mel, how are you? Uh, feels really good to be communicating with you again. I know I haven't interacted with the group much, kind of fell off a little bit, but um, getting back to working on myself and doing the work again, which is why I felt really compelled to answer your email and more specifically answer uh, question three, why do you do conscious work? And uh, I would say the reason why I do conscious work is because about seven years ago, I was uh, at work and had a lot of downtime. So I was just on my phone and I was on a uh, weight loss app because at the time I was about four years into um, trying to lose weight. And I'd lost about 60, 70 pounds at that point. And on the app, they had a message board where you can talk to other users. And someone had asked the question, what's been the hardest part of trying to lose weight so far? And I thought about that question and I thought, you know, was it, was it the diet? No, because I never really went on a diet. Uh, was it working out, exercise? No, because just about uh, all the exercise I did was uh, walking and playing basketball. That's about it. You know, and my job was physical at the time, so that helped. But just really walking, mostly walking to play basketball. And uh, I loved playing basketball. So even though I was really, you know, kill myself playing, I, I enjoyed it. So I didn't consider it torture. So, you know, it, it, it wasn't working out. It wasn't the diet. So I was kind of struggling to think, well, then what's been the hardest part? And that's when a little voice in the back of my head just said, uh, you thought when you lost the weight, you would stop hating yourself. That really, that really struck me. I remember, I had to go to the bathroom and I cried my eyes out for about ten minutes because of how much it affected me. Because it was obviously something I always felt, and I guess you could say thought about subconsciously, but I had never put it into words till that moment. I never said it out loud, you know. And when I did and fully became conscious of it, that's when I realized that um, the working out of the diet was the easy part. The hard part was going to be doing the conscious work and working on myself mentally and emotionally and not just physically. Phys work physically was the easy part. The mental and emotional stuff is really going to be a hard part. And that's when I started listening to podcasts and reading books and articles and eventually joined your program and other programs of kind of people in same situation as me of just realizing they have work to do and ready to do the work. Um, and you've been a really big part of that for me. And I just want to say how much I appreciate that. And I appreciate you. I appreciate the work you do, not just for me, but just in general, because what you do is about as important as the job as anyone can do on this planet, because we all need it. And, uh, you're really great at it, and I, I really appreciate it. I wanted to thank you again. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Just one last thing. Several of you have reached out and said, Mel, you have a Patreon. You need to tell people about your Patreon. And this is something that's been on my heart for a while, so I'm throwing it out there to you, my audience. 
What I'd like to do is launch a monthly live Q&A with me. So if you join the Patreon at the $10 level, you will have access to that live Q&A once a month. But I want to make sure there's enough interest before I do this. So if that would be interesting to you, if you would be interested in joining that, email me dearmenpodcast at gmail.com. If I hear from 10 men or more, I will launch that starting next week, meaning there will be a monthly live Q&A with me if you join the Patreon at $10 uh, a month. And if not, then I'll push it off and maybe do it in the future. But wanted to let you know about that. And if that is interesting to you and you listened to this episode and anything in it resonated and you want to share that, you can do that at the same time. So if you're interested, email me dearmenpodcast at gmail.com. And I look forward to hearing from you.